Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. And welcome to episode 83 of the Galactic Dads Podcast. I almost forgot there. We've done so many of these things now. 83. 83. Mm. And of course, we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. Of course, I can include bits of dad advice for any of your daddy issues. We'll talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and so much more. Uh, today, I am B. I am B every day, but today I am on the mic and I am joined by Laser Eric. Say hello, good sir. What's up? How we doing? Doing pretty good. Doing feeling yeah. feeling real nice. Yeah, today was a good day. I had zero complaints. Yeah, zero, nice. zero. Uh, it was a great week for everything geeky. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of really really fun stuff to dive into. Yes, we do. On the TV show front, we're going to talk about Peacemaker, which dropped last week. Uh, the Moon Knight trailer dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's definitely getting some attention, so we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, and there's some good Star Trek news that we know you're excited to share with us. Yeah, yeah, we've got a little bit of good news there, too. Good, good. We're going to talk those Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness kind of character rumors. There's a lot popping up there. <laughs> we'll talk about those. And, of course, the big news of this week, though, is in the video game world, and that is Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, so there's a lot going on there, a lot of details. Yeah. Uh, so we'll definitely talk about that for a bit, too. Uh, and that and everything else that we're known for. Mm-hmm. So uh, stick around, guys, and we will jump right in. Man, there really is a lot this week. Yes. Like a lot of stuff just started like popping off on Monday. I don't think anybody was expecting the big news. No, no, definitely not. I was thinking about that earlier today. And when we were talking about recording this week on Monday, I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about? We really didn't have a whole lot. And uh, the world and the universe was definitely very generous for us in the past couple of days. It really was. It, uh, it was like, you know what these guys need? They need something to talk about that's not Book of Boba. Yes. Because even though there is new episodes coming out on that and some interesting stuff's been happening, we're not going to cover that this week. Mm-hmm. However, if you guys are interested and you really want to know more about Book of Boba or anything Star Wars related, you can check out our sister pod on the Galactic Dad Media Network, and that is at The Force Dyad. Yep. Great show. Great show from Jedi John and Obi-Sean. Yep, and they're going to go more in-depth than we could ever hope to. Yeah, so they'll have all sorts of insider information that we are not privy to because while we are geeks, we are not nerds, and, <laughs> and I think they, they can explain it to you. Uh, but big news there. Also, uh, Jedi John, if we're talking mm-hmm. about him, uh, has some good stuff to talk about this week um, because his little one, just turned one yes yeah happy birthday little man happy birthday we are having a couple this evening ourselves so why don't we get into our beers of the week yeah so i guess i guess beers of the week is a little uh 
This week we're gonna we're gonna expand the section to be booze of the week. Yeah, yeah. Beers of the week's a little inaccurate this time around, oddly enough. But uh, I think that we both uh, took the option to forego bread water or beer, however you want to refer to it, which we love. We are massive fans of the beer. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm certainly never gonna give the stuff up or anything. I just, you know, when we were talking earlier, I just honestly felt like something a little lighter. Indeed. You know, and, and it, not like a seltzer or anything. Sure, I mean, you know, I could definitely go for 12 or 13 of those, but... Yeah, but then you just drink 12 or 13. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all the same thing. I mean, you know, as far as that is. But, uh, no, I, um, I've i got this uh, this thing called Masterclass, and I've been taking the Mixology uh, Masterclass the past couple of weeks, and, and one of the things that, uh, that I learned was called the Gold Rush, which the actual Gold Rush is whiskey mixed with lemon juice and honey. Now, I'm not that creative because I'm not at home with a whole bar to work with, so I just tried to do the next best thing, and I've got myself some wild turkey American honey mixed with lemonade, and um, it's uh, it's smooth as silk. I like it quite a bit. That's nice. It actually looks good. I might yeah. uh, have to give that a shot oh, later. By all means. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that kicks it over to me. I am doing a, uh, a tried and true. Uh, there's no masterclass learning here. There's nothing uh, impressive about this. It's just a good old half and half. I've got half a glass full of Four Roses bourbon, and the other half has Coke in it. Hey, when you know, you know. You know, there let me take go. that back. It's probably like a 33, 33, 33 ice, bourbon, Coke. Hey, that still it's sounds good. really good. Yeah, it is. It's quite refreshing. I know it won't fill me up, but it's not going to let me down. Right, right. It's a nice nice deviation from the beer for, for once. I think we can do it once every 83 episodes or so without getting too much flack, right? Yeah, I think so. But if you guys miss the beers and you're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to drink this week. Well, you can always go get yourself some inspiration by following us on the Untapped app. Uh, if you have listened to the show before, you already know. So go hit us up on at Galactic Dads over on the Untapped app. You can see everything that we have drank so far if you have a lot of time to read, because we've been at it for a while. <laughs> yeah, count the badges, please. Indeed. It'll be good for a laugh. <laughs> Real good. Real good. You can also um, recommend stuff to us on there, drink as well. We look forward to that type of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But now that we've got the drinks down, or at least flowing, I think it's time to jump into the good news of the week, don't you? Yep, let's get down to business. Let's go straight into the TVs. Let's do it. The TV shows that we're in for this week. We hope you guys are excited because we sure are. Let's talk about the big TV show one, and that's a trailer that dropped uh, this week on Monday during uh, which playoff game? It was, was during it? the Monday Night Football uh, Rams Arizona Cardinals playoff game. I don't think anybody was surprised by the outcome of that game. I, that I, was a, a bit of an upset. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was disappointed that it wasn't a better game, but I mean, other than that, I don't think I was surprised per se. Yeah. I just would have liked for it to have been a little closer and a little bit more interesting. Well, what was interesting was how late in the actual game they decided to drop this trailer. Because uh, I know our friends over at Hops Geek News were really <laughs> needing to go to the bathroom, but afraid to get up yes. during the game. So yes. 
shout out to those guys. Great show over there. Um, but yeah, this trailer that dropped for Moon Knight. It's good. Is really it's good. really good. It yeah. is surprisingly dark. It is. It is. And I I I confess myself not overly familiar with Moon Knight source material. I've I've read a little bit, not a whole lot. I was I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be as dark as it was, but I like it. No, it looks really good. And yeah. I kind of like the way that the trailer is set up. You're already under the assumption that you can't trust Moon Knight's narration. Correct. And by Moon Knight, I mean Mark Spector. And when the trailer starts, the guy identifies himself as someone else. But you know it's Mark Spector. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not terribly familiar with the character, but Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, uh, it was a mercenary for hire. And he ends up in the Temple of Khonshu. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's got Egyptian roots. And somehow becomes chosen as the avatar of Khonshu on, on Earth. And so he gets really cool powers, which his powers aren't like anything incredible. Think level of like Daredevil Batman. Sure, sure. But I mean, he's still really like gifted in combat tactics, things like that. Yeah, very high skill. Mm-hmm. I get you. And uh, it looks like in this one, when the Moon Knight persona takes over, though, he's really he's out he's out to whoop it, man. Yeah, it almost looks like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde type thing. A it little. does. In fact, there's a scene in the trailer which, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, you're really missing out. But we'll go ahead and we'll link that trailer, the YouTube trailer, in the show notes. Yeah, um, which you should definitely be checking out anyway. But we'll link that just so you guys can see it. Uh, it's really cool. There's a scene where it looks like the persona of Moon Knight takes over Mark and the, his costumes enveloping him. And it just reminded me so much of Spawn from yes. the late 90s yes. when Spawn's suit would take over. I yes. thought, that's really cool. Yeah. It shouldn't be that cool, but it is really cool. Right. It's almost a, a 30-year-old trick, but it works. It works yeah. really well. Minus the cape, because the cape Correct. in Spawn does not age well. No. At all. At the time, it looked cool. Now you're just like, God, that's bad. Yeah, now it's that's it's so awful. bad. But I mean, really, that you know, not to get off topic, but that movie, as as entertaining as it was, I don't know how well it aged either. So yeah, the only thing from the Spawn movie that I think really holds up to today is John Leguizamo. Is John Leguizamo? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about great. that while I was watching Bruno. <laughs> and he's the voice of Bruno. So when Bruno starts talking, I was like, guys, it's clown. Clown's back. He's looking so good. Oh, my God. That had me dying in the Spawn movie. But anyway, I love Moon Knight's costume also. It looks really good. Yes. And yes. even though it's white, it's incredible how it already just looks so dirty. Right. Well, the first time I saw it, I was thinking, oh, it's not white. And I, but I, I caught it in passing, and then when I looked a little closer, okay, yeah, it is. It's just real shadowy, right? I guess you could say. But I, I love the look of it. Um, the, the styling and everything's is definitely interesting. That that trailer where they kept cutting in uh, day and night by Kid Cudi was so good. It was very Excellent cool how choice. it was cut together. It was really cool. Um, I'm trying to figure out. It, it's definitely going to deviate from any of the other recent Marvel Disney Plus shows that I can think of. It definitely will, and this is, I think, the first time that Marvel Studios has given you a character that has not been referenced in another film, has not cameoed in another film, has not been after credit scene, or even referenced in one of the other TV shows. 
And this is a complete first introduction of a character into the Marvel Studios, like Disney Plus realm. That's true. That's true. And it's going to be interesting how they come around to tie that in with everything else, too. Right. And I'm interested to see if they use this to tie anyone else in. Yeah. Because Moon Knight, you know, when you think about it, is very much on the level of somebody who just popped up in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's right there with Daredevil. Yeah. And, like, they kind of operate in the comics around the same type of... and. Everything that has that the MCU has kind of been building toward right now seems to have Daredevil's universe involved. You have Indeed. Kingpin showing up in Hawkeye and Daredevil and himself Daredevil in Spider Man No Way Home. In No Way Home, yeah, exactly. So, and and Echo as well. So, oh, I can't believe I forgot Echo. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so then the question there is: is does Moon Knight, you know, kind of coincide with those characters, or is it separate? I think Moon Knight is so versatile in the way he could be used mm-hmm. as a pivot into almost any other section of the Marvel Universe sure. at the moment. I mean, in Jason Aaron's Avengers run, he just had Moon Knight body the Avengers. Right. And he did so. He even bested Thor by saying, you know, Thor, really, I serve the God of the Moon. Your hammer is really just a moon rock. <laughs> and all of a sudden... That Uru metal and Thor's hammer starts responding to Moon Knight. Yeah. And you're just like, mm, that's a stretch, but in this story, it's so good. <laughs> I like it. That, that's a stretch that they could easily do in a show or a movie, though. Mm-hmm. And it would be believable. Well, all he would have agree. to do, and the comics have shown this before, is make Thor believe it enough to cause just that tiny bit of doubt. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's no longer as worthy. Right. And someone else can control Mjolnir, which I believe we're going to see anyway in the next Thor film. Yes. uh, With Natalie Portman's Jane Foster picking up the hammer. Yes. So, could be. Probably won't see it because that's that's a big, bold move that early on. But it could be. Yeah, that's a a stretch for a brand new character. Yeah, so that's Um, not happening. Now, in the the Moon Knight stories, what were some other, like, I mean, you just mentioned that he bodied the Avengers and stuff like that in one of the, uh, one of the, that's the comic storyline. The Avengers, yeah. Yeah, but where else did he pop up over the years? He's popped up in a lot of places. I mean, Moon Knight uh, is one of those characters that's quasi-popular. Okay. Uh, he's received a little more popularity in the past decade or so mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, Warren Ellis had a great run for the character, introduced a new persona of Moon Knight, who Moon Knight wears like a suit and tie. Oh, nice. And just a face mask, and he's all white, but he's still <laughs> he's still just as efficient at just dispatching bad guys or whoever he deems needs uh, to be taken care of. Uh, so that recent mid-2010 storyline of Moon Knight was really good. Um, he's kind of bounced around in his own limited series okay. back and forth. Like, Moon Knight isn't quite like Spider-Man, where he has just that continually running series. Right, I even see. though they all get renumbered now, there's their legacy numbering is in the eight hundreds and such. And Moon Knights is really, you know, you'd be in a, a six issue, a twelve issue, a twenty four. Some of them ran a little longer, of course, but he didn't have that sustainable popularity. Whereas now, I think he might be able to stay a little longer because okay. he's back in not just he's in the cultural zeitgeist. I get you. I get you. So he's kind of a journeyman character then. Yes. Yeah. The, he could be used in a number of different ways, which, you know, I'm sure Kevin Feige is salivating at the idea. 
oh, yeah. being able to put him wherever he wants. Well, I mean, let's think about it. This era of Marvel is kind of experience, or exploring more of like the darker mystical realm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Blade show up at the end of Eternals. And by show up, I mean just his voice cameo. Right. right? But you know, and he, of course, is talking to Black Knight. Uh, and these are characters with interesting powers, kind of a street-level power, but they're still serving greater Yeah, they're you know, still powers. serving greater uh, entities or whatever. Which I think is really folding in and out nicely with Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, which we're mm-hmm. going to talk about that in the movie segment. But still, it's interesting how they're taking these characters, characters who, in my opinion, could easily form up for, like, the Midnight Suns. Okay. Yeah. And how that they could all just kind of fold out of this naturally. But it depends which way this series goes. Well, you know the Midnight Suns game is coming. Yeah, I'm very aware of that. Yeah, so that's interesting. It could tie that in together a little bit. It's true. So, I mean, for the Midnight Suns, you were looking at, like, Blade, Strange, Brother Voodoo, who could easily roll out of a Strange film. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, that wouldn't yeah, take Ghost anything. Rider. Yeah, and there's already been a lot of conversation about Ghost Rider showing up. Right. And Ghost Rider did show up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. That was the Jamie Reyes version. Mm-hmm. So, he could easily show back up. Uh, I know... Well, that's Doctor Strange talk, but we'll we'll get to that about characters who could and could not show up possibly right. from previous Marvel Enterprise. Right. Yeah, we will uh we'll we'll adventure into that here in a little while. <laughs> so anyways the trailer itself though for Moon Knight was really cool. It yeah. was I, actually I think you nailed it. The first thing I noticed was the day and night by Kid Cudi mm-hmm. as the music for it. And how just flawlessly it was cut in to make you realize, oh, this dude's afraid to go to sleep. Yeah. Which is super cool. But then I also like that they're showing us, you almost get this Fight Club-esque character who knows that he can't be trusted when he's asleep. So he does everything he can not to. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of really interesting. Really, And then all of a sudden his past catches up with him. And then, you know, it's like, it's like a really cool action movie where you get the twist from the jump. Right. Right. You get the, yeah, you get the funky twist or whatever that, that makes it unique, almost like crank a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of knew the whole, the whole story for that right away and had to live with it the whole time. Yeah. That was fun though. Yes, it was was really fun. Crank's up there with peacemaker, by the way, which we're going to talk about in just a minute. Okay. Cause you know, crank was just ridiculous, right? Oh yeah, it was it was borderline slapstick while still being an action movie. Yeah, that's what Peacemaker is. <laughs> that's great. Well, let's finish up with Moon Knight. We only have to wait till March to get our hands on. Into March, it drops. Yeah, it's it's the last day of March, isn't it? I believe it's March thirtieth. March thirtieth. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was like right in the last day or two. Yeah, last day, of course, thirty first. March thirtieth is the drop date, I believe, uh, which is really cool because March means we get two white dudes in capes who beat up criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the month, we get the Batman, Matt Reeves' Batman. Yes, we do. Which mm-hmm. we don't have time to talk about. <laughs> we know from last episode, you and I can just really go into that when we're only supposed to casually mention right. we'll, what we want to see from that movie. We'll dive deeper into that at least 40 or 50 more times before the movie comes out, and then another 40 or 50 times afterwards, it'll be all good. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Oh, yeah. 
but let's go ahead and put a pin in Moon Knight because I'm sure mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot more from that. We'll talk about that more at length, I'm sure. For sure. For her, sure. <laughs> and then uh, we'll go ahead. Let's talk about Peacemaker. We're talking about already. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are not familiar, Peacemaker is a character who popped up in last year's The Suicide Squad directed by James, James Gunn. Gunn. <laughs> and it was a really awesome movie. It dropped on HBO Max day of release. That was a blast to watch. It was a good time. Yes, it, it was, was the, really good. I, it was the movie that told me, hey, I know you don't know that you wanted to see Starro, but here you go. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, that was pretty cool. The first time I, yeah, the first time I watched Suicide Squad, I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, it, it, there were so many moments like that, but it introduced a lot of great characters that I would have never thought to enjoy, one of which being Peacemaker. Indeed. And not only do they introduce Peacemaker, but very quickly they show you how incredibly skilled he is. Yes. And how incredibly just oblivious to his own bullshit he is. Yeah. And one of the things that you see on this show is that in full detail. (laughs) But it also does a lot of things that are really interesting. Like it expands really fast the universe in which they live. So obviously in this universe of Peacemaker, you know that the Suicide Squad exists, which gives you Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. So by extension, you have Joker. Yep. And this particular universe has the, not Joaquin Phoenix Joker, but they have the Jared Leto Joker. Oh, I see. And the Ben Affleck Batman, Henry Cavill Man of Steel, and Gal Gadot Wonder Woman. So okay. it's, it's that cinematic universe. Gotcha. And... There's still extensions of the previous Suicide Squad movie, the David Ayer film. So you still have Waller. You still okay. have uh, somewhere out there is Deadshot. Everybody, they're all still floating around. They're just not currently on screen. They all still exist, and you know, but they don't show it. Correct. I gotcha. Okay. And then there was mention of a, and this is a tiny, tiny spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, but it does nothing for the show itself. It's just mentioned and you're like, get out of here. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Peacemaker makes mention of Batmite. Oh, what? (laughs) He makes mention of Batmite. Somebody goes, who? And he goes, uh, he's just like interdimensional imp that stands Batman. Oh my God. That's amazing. It was, (laughs) it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, but, yeah, the show has mentions of a lot of different characters within the universe like that, just casually mentioning them. Huh. Uh, and I thought that that was huge. I was like, you got to be kidding me. They've got Batmite in here. What <laughs> That's is crazy. And then as soon as you hear something like that, you go, okay, what's not off the table? Like, what can't they do? And the answer is nothing. They go pretty wild in this show. That's great. That's and, great. And it's unbelievably adult. <laughs> I have seen more of John Cena's body in this show than I ever thought I would in my life. <laughs> Gosh. And honestly, good for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Good for him. I mean, he, uh, you know, doesn't mind showing it off, so that's good. And, um, I mean, if you yeah. put that much work into it, why wouldn't you? Right, right. Yeah, that's and, that's true. And he probably is still operating under the assumption that you can't see me. <laughs> Wrong. We see all of you, John. They could probably work that into the show. Oh, that's coming. Really funny. That's coming. <laughs> because it's written and directed by James Gunn. Yeah. So, which, by the way, uh, Florida Man was talking to me, and he was just really excited to have James Gunn finally doing a TV show. Mm-hmm. And for it to be this off-the-wall HBO Max one is yeah, really good. complete nuthouse of a show. And uh, 
Now, how many episodes are currently out on HBO Max? So there's currently three as of okay. this recording. Uh, four is probably about to drop. Nice. So I don't know how many episodes are actually in the whole season. Um, when I knew that Peacemaker was coming out, mm-hmm. I wasn't keeping up with it as you know much as I usually would like a Disney Plus show. Sure. Not because I'm not interested, but simply because I just wasn't. It's not on my radar as much. And then when I found out it dropped, I went and just watched all three episodes. And are they, are they so hour, entertained? Hour episodes or half hour? The first one's like forty six minutes. The next one's upper thirties, and the other one's around thirty five. Oh, so they're easily digestible. Then they are digestible. Nice. Although you do feel like you're getting a lot. Okay. Like you, you feel like they're longer episodes. Which is nice, right? Like, yeah. you're not burning all that time, but you're still entertained for as long as you are. Well, yeah, but I, I hate hour-long episodes of shows that only really give you about 25 minutes of content. It's like, you could have truncated this, and it would have been fine. I know how much I say that I love the Daredevil shows on Netflix. Uh-huh. They really could have used some editing. There were some scenes that really just kind of dragged on a little longer than they had to. I've I've heard that from a couple people, yeah, especially before. in the early seasons. By the third season, they kind of, you know, cut that down. In the middle, of the second season, you're just getting so much stuff that you're not aware. Right, that, you have no idea really what's hanging. going on. Yeah, but that first season, you were just kind of like, "Do we need to see you looking at this wall for this long?" <laughs> you know, like some of those scenes just really hung on. So. You get none of that in this. Okay, okay. You get Robert Patrick is in the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, so T-1000 in the liquid metal flesh is huh. in the show. I'll be. It's yeah. good, to, good to hear that he's still, you know, out there. Oh, he's doing out what there. He's doing. And you end up kind of hating him almost immediately, too. Again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would like him just to play a good guy. Right. I'm sure he has in something, but he is not in this. Yeah, because he doesn't look evil. I would beg to differ. Oh, really? I would say Robert Patrick, okay. if I saw him walking towards me on the street, I'm crossing. Probably crossing. I'm road. crossing, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I haven't seen him in anything good where I'm like, no, this man's who I should be friends with. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Real quick, name three Robert Patrick roles. I can't. Okay, I'm going to start you with T-1000. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start you with Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And then I'll meet you with The Faculty. Remember that movie where the alien teachers, Usher, was in it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's in a lot of other TV shows and stuff now, too. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, you lost me at T1. Like, I knew, you know, obviously T1000 is iconic, but beyond that, I honestly did not know. I understand. It's fine. Yeah. I can't be the only one that's like that. So, no. But I was excited. Uh, Amanda Waller, Viola Davis does show up for Peacemaker. Nice. Because I just feel like I need her. I need her thumb. On top of everything that they're doing, if it's Suicide Squad related. Yeah. And she I, is definitely ever present. That's great. I, I like her character being around mm-hmm. because it, it makes for an interesting dynamic with the characters and stuff like that. Like they have the part, the, the Suicide Squad game that's coming out. Yes. They yes. have a, a thing in the game. It, it's been announced there's a thing in the game where you can prank call Waller. I don't think I would make that. I'm not sure I would either. You'd probably end up getting chased by like half the city or something. Or she'll just pop your head. Yeah, that too. Brain bomb, detonate. (laughs) Anybody else feeling funny today? Yeah. Anybody Uh, else want to make any jokes? Nope. Nope. No, no. It was him, not me. I'll force you to share your thoughts with everyone. Bam. Is he dead? No, no, he's not dead. (laughs) He's just not with us anymore. Yeah. So, 
Peacemaker, though. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's still relatively new. I know a lot of people haven't really quite watched it yet, but you definitely should. This is not a show you want to watch with your kids, though. <laughs> At all. At all. Yeah, keep the 9 or 10-year-olds out of the room, mm-hmm. or else they're going to be saying things and doing things at school that you don't want them to do. Yeah. Yeah, there's ah, some messed up stuff. <laughs> some messed up stuff in a gloriously hilarious way, though. So, yeah, it's very good. It's almost like watching Rick and Morty in live action. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's on that level. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. So, <laughs> with that, <laughs> let's move on to something a little more highbrow, a for more, the most part. A little more lighthearted, I guess you could say. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and tell us about all this good Star Trek news for on the TV we're getting. Yeah, so yesterday, um, Paramount came out and announced that, um, you know, basically every show they have currently on the Star Trek slate just got renewed for another season, um, including the ones that haven't come out yet. So we were talking about the beginning of March. Um, one other thing that's coming out in the beginning of March is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the Christopher Pike spinoff from season two of Discovery. Um, that got renewed for season two. That was the worst kept secret in Hollywood because they've already started filming season two. Indeed. So that made it easy. Um, Lower Decks got season. So Lower Decks season three is coming out this year. They got renewed for season four. Um, was not surprised to hear that. I'm I'm happy about that. Lower Decks is just so funny. It is. So entertaining. The episodes I've seen are actually very funny. Yes. It's it's really good and then they'll turn it on you and they'll they'll give you you know, they'll give you an episode where you really like you find yourself really caring, which is just hilarious to me. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that. So the uh the kids show, uh Star Trek Prodigy which is on Nickelodeon. It's on Nickelodeon. Um, it's in its first season right now. They renewed it for season two. That doesn't surprise me at all. Prodigy is freaking adorable. It, it is it like right there with um, like Spidey and his amazing friends. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, like it's super super cute, and it's not it's not over Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It's it's in that universe. I was worried that it was going to be over Star Trek when it came out because the big thing was. They announced they were going to have Captain Janeway come back and Kate Mulgrew was going to voice the hologram Janeway on the ship. It's like, okay, that's fine, but can we just do an, like a new property? They don't overdo it. It's it's about a group of kids that stumbles across an abandoned ship and they learn how to fly it. And, and it's Well, that sounds fun. It's super neat. It's super neat. My kids love it. And, you know, they it actually, it's funny because it got Logan more interested in the other Star Trek shows, but... Uh, but yeah, they they love it. It's adorable. It's going to go on forever because it should. Um, because it should. Yeah, it's it's a great show. Um, Strange New Worlds, like I said, it got season two, even though season one doesn't come out until the 5th of March. And Discovery, Discovery got season five, which it's currently in season four right now. Um, so everything essentially got another season. Yes, Picard got uh, season three also. Initially, they didn't announce Picard's renewal, but then that came a little bit later in the day. Um, Discovery, I think Discovery will get its full seven years, whether you like it or not. I, I like Discovery. I really do. I think it's going downhill. But oh, sorry, buddy. No, I mean, well, you know how it is. Like you get your first couple of really good seasons, and they just can't throw anything at the wall, see what sticks. Well, it, it's getting to a point where I feel like they're, I, I feel like they're spending too much time worrying about people's feelings and not about putting a good show together. And mm. it, it's, it's that's okay. surprising I, for me. A little bit. Actually, to me too, it is and it isn't. But I feel like the new streaming services, where this is parked at Paramount Plus, right? Right. right. 
I feel like they have a little more like room to say, oh, you don't like it, don't subscribe. Yeah. You know and, what I'm saying? And, and, and the thing is, like, Discovery's really cool. And it's, it's a really fun show to watch. If you're a Star Trek fan, if you're an old Star Trek fan, you may or may not like it. But in general, I think the show's really cool. But they have this bad habit of introducing characters or introducing plot lines with these characters and then trailing them off or spending uh. more time about how they feel about things than actually resolving the plot issues. Oh, so you're telling me this thing is full of character development left and right and isn't exactly plot-driven? A little bit, but the thing is they don't develop the characters all that well. Well, what the heck, man? Yeah, I mean, give it a watch. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm in the minority or not. I'm probably in the 50-50 on this, but it's, it's a good show. Season 2 is incredible. Season 3 was really good. Season 4 is testing my patience, but Season it's not terrible. There. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, Picard, season two of Picard is coming out, gosh, next month, I think. February. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my dates are getting fuzzy. Um, That's okay. Don't worry about it. I can't wait for season two because Q's coming back. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I part of me was a little surprised that they were going to renew that show right away because I wasn't sure how into it Patrick Stewart would be to do multiple seasons again. Dude's like, you know, 80-something. Yes. But, I mean, he's still killing it. So, he, you know, He you kills it in that role. Patrick Stewart's also doing a lot of comedy stuff right now. Yes. I think he just finished up, um, oh, what's the name of the comedy show? He's like a news anchor, and he is 100% messed up. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, but I, I've seen clips he's, and stuff, and it's hilarious. He essentially looks like, if you watch uh, American Dad, he's the voice mm-hmm. of uh, Director Bullock. Uh-huh. Yep. So Stan's boss. And he, I mean, that character is nuts. So in, in this live action show, which I think is a Seth MacFarlane involved show, uh, he is this really messed up like news anchor, and it's hysterical. Like, he has a dominatrix dominating him in his dressing room between shows. And it is it is it is messed up. It is really funny, though. It's really messed up to see an, an actor of Patrick Stewart's caliber in those situations, which I think just adds to how funny it is. Yeah, and, and some of the stuff that he did later, you know, that he's done later in life where he's kind of let it all hang out a bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really, it's really funny. Really funny. And really entertaining. Um it's like Liam Neeson when Liam Neeson does small comedy bits. Yes. They're that much funnier yes. because it's Liam Neeson doing comedy. Exactly. So I'm trying to I'm trying to find this show and I'm not having any luck, but I did notice something that I think is funny. I did not realize that Patrick Stewart was in the uh, David Lynch rendition of Dune back in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought not, you knew that. I did not catch on to that until just now, but uh, that's that's kind of funny. That is. But yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see how the Star Trek shows go. As I drop my pen, that's fine. okay. It, no big deal. You got it. Back no big quick. deal. Stuff happens. <laughs> okay. We will uh, we'll see how the Star Trek shows go. Um, along the line of Star Trek, I know that the Orville season three is in post production. No way. And that's going to be on Hulu. That's a Hulu property Exclusive now. now. Yeah. yeah. And I've heard that the episodes are going to be between an hour and hour and a half a piece, and they have lifted the, um, they've lifted the the rating veil, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and just for those of you who aren't aware, the Orville 
is Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek. It's his parody Star Trek. Yes. Which, you know, for parody, it kind of did go serious for a minute. Dude, for parody, that show is freaking awesome. And it's good, right? It is really, really well done. So now that they've moved over to Hulu and it's a Hulu exclusive, that ratings veil, like you said, is gone and he has a lot more freedom to work yeah. on that show. You're, you're giving Seth MacFarlane the keys to a Ferrari. What's going to happen? Yeah, you know, he's, he's going to be on TMZ, it. and we're going to watch the whole thing. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming out. That should be within the next few months. Yeah, good so, stuff there. A lot of good stuff coming. Good sure. stuff. You know what else is really good stuff? Those rumors that we talked about for that Doctor Strange movie. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about those uh, those characters who may or may not pop up. Yeah, let's get into the ridiculous, shall we? Let's go ahead and do it, baby. Oh, yeah. That's a multiverse of madness. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of rumors coming out about who may or may not show up as a character, and for good reason, right? It's almost madness how much madness there is about these characters in this movie. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. it really is. So, so I think at this point they've, you know, they've announced about everybody from uh, you know, the Fantastic Four all the way to like, you know, Conan the Barbarian and you know, everybody else. I'm kidding. But. Dude, I would not be surprised if freaking Star Wars rolled through <laughs> in one of these because it's all Disney property now. That's true. If the Mandalorian shows up in, in Doctor Strange, I'm going to collapse. Well, you know, it would be really cool if um, Poe Dameron shows up and he just <laughs> like gets out of his TIE fighter and you see Moon Knight walk in and they just kind of look at each other like, and Moon Knight goes, are you one of my personalities or like, is this a thing? <laughs> You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> yeah, that could be fun, but no. There's a lot of uh, rumors of people who could and could not show up in Multiverse of Madness, and it yes. makes sense now because since No Way Home, that we got Andrew Garfield and Tommy requires Spider Man as well as a lot of the villains, as well as the villains and yeah, and everything like that. Now I guess they think Every, they can do anything. Everything that was a previous properties now may be available to play with. And right. What I was mentioning. Uh, in the TV show segment when we were talking about the Sons of Midnight, we were talking mm -hmm. about Ghost Rider. Yeah. Well, Ghost Rider showed up as Jamie Reyes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there's also the two Ghost Rider movies starring Nick Cage. Yeah, and if, they, if they're going to bring Ghost Rider back and they don't bring Nick Cage in to do it for at least one scene, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm telling you, Nick Cage takes that phone call. Oh, he takes 100%. every phone call anyway, but he he's goes, definitely going to do that. Is this straight to DVD or what's the deal, man? <laughs> And they're like, uh, we'll put you in a Marvel cinema. Yes. That's fine. That's yes. fine. Just just make the check out to the IRS. <laughs> Let me know how much it's for so I can tell my, my attorneys. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know what would be really cool, though, is if they opened it up to Blade. Because speaking of IRS problems, Wesley Snipes could use some Marvel money. That's true. And That's he could true. show up, too. That's true. Mickey could, Mickey could definitely make some dreams come true with yeah, this one. He's over there. He's... He's helping the stars of the 80s and 90s, baby. He's helping them out. <laughs> well, we, we all love Nick Cage. Actually, you know, objectively speaking, that man's on a comeback tour like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, he's actually had some stuff uh, some stuff come out that's been, you know, had a little bit of a cult following, I guess you could Pig. say. Pig. Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen. 
I did watch the, I don't even remember the name of the one where he's cleaning the theme park at night or whatever. Oh, uh, it's like a, it's a five nights, almost at, like Freddy's a five nights at Freddy yeah. Rip-Off. Yeah. But it was actually kind of good. Did you watch it? Yeah. Uh, I need to what, what's it on? Uh, I, you know, I got a buddy. You probably find it on Amazon. Yeah. I'll be okay. honest with you, but, uh, right. well, this segment is not about Nick Cage. No, no, it but, could be, but it's not, he could show up. No, it's, it's not. So he, he's an option. So, you know, I've seen everybody, like every Fox X-Men character, every Fantastic Four character from either Fantastic Four property, which, dear God, if you bring the ones back from the most recent one, I'm just going to put my head through a wall. You know, the problem is I like all those actors. I do, too. I love the actors. The movie was trash. Yeah, the movie was garbage. I have no idea. I don't even want to see the director's cut. It's that bad. It, yeah, no, no. But all those actors, Miles Teller, um, you know, of course, Kate Michael Mara B. is great. Michael B. Jordan's Michael B. great. Jordan. I forget the name of the actor who played the thing, but he's awesome too. Yeah, he did really good. Like, I mean, you know, and he's in he other had, stuff that he's good in too. Um, the only one I was not in love with was the guy who played Doom. And really, I don't think that's his problem. No. You know, he probably did exact, like, he probably understood the assignment as it was given to him. Right, right. It was just, that's not the iteration of Doom I want. No, no. I want good. the Doom who is the sorcerer who can trick the devil for what he wants and is actually um, intellectually on par with Reed. But the only thing that gets in his way, that's always his downfall is his hue. I won't even say hubris because it's normally just his ego. Hubris is one that you don't deserve to have that ego. Right. I think doom is worthy of having that ego. It just gets in his way. Yeah. It just gets the overconfidence gets in his way. Honestly, I hope that, if they're going to do a Dr. Doom, I want exactly what you talked about. I want it to be an, a mega level villain. Yeah. You know, I, I want, I want Dr. Doom to be convincing as convincing as Thanos or don't do him at all. I absolutely agree that he needs to be a Thanos level threat. And here's why Doom has a very long and celebrated history in Marvel comics. Normally he is an, antagonist to the fantastic four but Mm -hmm. whenever marvel traditionally needed that overarching mega villain yeah it was always doom yeah they used him i know he was in some of the x-men you know he's battled spider-man the x-men i mean he was like the marvel villain if you had like a one shot for your marvel character and you needed him or her to fight just a villain that was menacing doom was your card you pulled him yeah it was an easy card to pull. And so I want him to be a, not quite a cosmic threat level, but I want him to be, uh, I, I do, I want him to be cosmic threat level. Yeah. I want him to usurp the power of the Beyonder mm-hmm. and give us Secret Wars level stuff. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah, I want an extremely strong Doctor Doom. If you're going to put the effort of building that character in the MCU, do it right. Give me... I know I've said this before, but if you're a fan of Far Cry 6 or yeah. <laughs> Breaking Bad or The Boys, Mr. Edgar. Or The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm, Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Give me Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. And let him just dominate from behind that mask. Yeah, he would be, he would, his presence would go past that mask. And if you can't give me him, I will go ahead and front you a second favorite for that role and i'm just gonna say if you've seen the movie you understand how somebody whose facial expressions you can never see Mm -hmm. 
you somehow still think they're doing the best acting job ever. Right. You already know who I'm talking about? Go for it. Hugo Weaving is V and V for Vendetta. Okay. The man's face never changes behind the mask, but you believe him with everything he says and does because the rest of his acting range is so good. Hugo Weaving could be Doom if he wasn't R.A. Red Skull. That's true. He could be Doom, and he would be a very good Doom. Incredibly good. Yes. But, you know, we've got a Red Skull who's now hanging out on Vormir. Yeah, he's chilling. Yeah, so I don't think he's coming back, but that would be cool. That would be cool, too. They they left the door open, if nothing else. True. They probably won't do anything with that, and it's okay if they don't, but I still the door think, is open. I think you could even get Doom introduced at the end of Black Panther 2. Yeah. Yeah, I because, think you definitely Because you're telling me that a Doom does not try to get some of that vibranium from Wakanda for his nation of Latveria? Oh, yeah. And, and the idea is Latveria is... Eastern Europe, right? That's correct. Which is not all that far from Africa. Kind of a stone's throw. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. not, it's it not like, yeah, it's not New York to Tokyo, right? <laughs> not really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I think that would be, yeah, that's actually a really good point. If they introduce him in like post credits of Black Panther 2, you know, because Marvel's come out and said that Fantastic Four is going to cap Phase 4. Right. So that could tie in pretty easily if that's the route they wanted to go indeed but um you know but the question therein is does he show up in dr strange probably not no i think dr strange has enough going on and it's still early enough in phase four that they're still road mapping they're laying out the map I agree. I think they're i think they're further along on the map than we might realize because i know that a lot of these movies are heavily into production well, they're actually really far into the map further than we're thinking about because realistically, we think of Phase 4 traditionally in the same way we viewed Phase 1 and 2 and 3 for Marvel, mm-hmm. and that's just all film. Yeah. Phase 4 has the benefit of all, all the, the Disney TV Plus shows. shows that's and true. they do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, they do. And they do it quickly, but very entertainingly. Yeah, and they're going to continue to do so. And they're gonna they're gonna continue because after Moon Knight, there's other shows that are She Hulk, baby. Yeah, she Hulk. There right have been there. some very brief glimpses of She Hulk. I think that's gonna be pretty cool. I think it's gonna be a good show. I yeah, do that, I and I'm also I'm ready for. I know this is gonna sound dumb to say because it's not the first time we're getting a female like hero. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've had Captain Marvel, which you okay. know was entertaining. Yeah, uh, but we had the Black Widow movie. Yep. Okay. But it's weird that it took me till Hawkeye to get a female character I really, really, really was interested in mm-hmm. week after week. And that was, of course, Kate Bishop. Yep. And the fun part about that was I also got Yelena Belova yep. from that, too. And I love those two. And yep. those are the ones I kind of want my, my daughter to watch. Right. Because they're fun, but they're both, like, fierce and independent. And, you know, like, they're just enjoyable characters. They, they both seem like real people. Right. Whereas I feel like Natasha, you know, great character, mm-hmm. really earned all of her stripes and held her own with the Avengers, no problem, all the time. But I always felt like she wasn't as interesting for whatever reason. She, yeah, I, I get what you're saying on that. I, I feel like Natasha really needed the Black Widow movie 
to flesh that character out, and it was a shame that it didn't come around until after the character was wiped out. Yeah. I felt like that character, you know, Natasha got cheated. Because right. in Infinity War, that's when I really started to think, oh, man, Natasha is awesome. And yes. then in Endgame, when she's running the Avengers, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm really on board with this character. Yeah. Because now she's no longer kind of like a side character to the other, like, guys' movies. Like, she's really stepping into the spotlight and owning every scene she's in. Which, yeah. of course, none of that is Scarlett Johansson's fault. I think a lot of it has to do with the writing of the character. Like, what will we allow Black Widow to do? Right. That was the that was the position that Black Widow had in those movies. I mean, it's arguable in Winter Soldier that she has a much larger role. But even that's just kind of like a... I mean, like, she's cool, but she's not... She has a much larger role, but what she does is she fills a, she almost fills the, the, she, she's obviously a good guy, but she's almost a foil to Steve's like ultimate purity, like, you know, super good guy thing. And then you get Natasha that's kind of teaching him how to subterfuge, sabotage, stuff like that. Exactly. And she's really, really, really good at it. Like never once in the MCU do you meet Natasha and not go. Hey, dude, she's a threat. Right. Because from the jump when you meet her in Iron Man 2, they're like, yeah, she's got skills. Oh, yeah. There's a reason Fury leans on her. Yeah. And then as she moves on, but the, the problem is never is she capable. It's, do I care, though? Correct. And then, you know, finally she did get fleshed out in the Black Widow movie, but by then, obviously it's too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you even kind of start to like her more. With, you know, Yelena showing up, which is oh, yeah. weird. And then, of course, you know, in Hawkeye, <laughs> I would argue that some of the best scenes in the entire show is when Yelena and, and Kate Bishop are interacting. Oh, absolutely. They're fantastic. Those, those two together were just, they, they took that show to a different level. And it was good before those two were interacting during the show. Right, absolutely. But it just got better. I would quickly. watch that show. If they did the Yelena-Kate Bishop show. Right. I would say, yeah. Let's yeah, let's go. If they did a Sign season of up. those two, like like, doing like them on a road together. trip, right. would be great. <laughs> right, I would just watch it. And they're yeah. just like fighting crime in the various cities they stop in. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be wildly entertaining. But that says a lot to the to the quality of the acting too, and the writing of those yeah. characters. Yeah, those two characters. Whoever wrote well Hawkeye, well if acting. you want to write a road trip show with those two, I'd watch it. Yeah, go hands do that. down, go hands do down. The internet fun. would love you as well. <laughs> So who do you think is going to show up in Doctor Strange? Well, I'm glad you asked. I think you're definitely going to get several versions of of Strange himself. Yep. Right? Because you've already seen them in the What If show. Um, I would not be terribly surprised if we end up with, uh, I know this is a rumor, it's probably not true, but the Tom Cruise, Tony Stark. Uh, yeah, I, I saw think that. that cameo. I think that one shows up because it's just so off the wall, right? That you know, Marvel will go. Yeah, we got Tom Cruise money. Yeah, yeah, they could do that. Yeah. I mean, they could do pretty much anything they want. I don't know. Like, I I'm kind of curious. We talked on the last episode. I talked about the possible appearance of X Men, the appearance of Charles. Um, we did. We did say that the first mutant, or I believe you said. The first mutant that you see is Charles. I think. I think. It wouldn't surprise me if they did something like what they did in Deadpool, where you see the Flash and they're like sitting, you know, in Dead. what was it, Deadpool 2, 
when you look and you see it's like it's Charles's office and you see Beast and and uh, they're all actually hiding from him. Yeah, and they're just like it's all the first class like mutants yeah. in that range. Yeah, which was freaking hilarious. By oh, the way. It, was, it was fantastic. But and, I can and see Deadpool something. actually riding around in Charles's chair was hysterical. <laughs> I could see something like that where you get you know you get like a shot. I, I don't know how they would do it or whatever, but you'd get almost get a shot of the professor's office and you've got a Charles there and maybe a, maybe a Cyclops and a Jean gray or something like that. Just kind of a quick, like people like you and I'll notice it, but other people might not type of thing. I do think, um, cause in what if there's a scene, they show you Mustafar. When they show you Mustafar and what if. Yes. Yeah. So that like nothing's off the table here. That's right. That's a really good point. Because even if it's a super small scene and they're flashing through realities or he opens a spin ring, you know, whatever, and shows you something, a keen eye will catch it. So it'll be Luke Skywalker played by Sebastian Stan. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. That's a hot take. Because check it out. If they do that, it could be like, Bucky, he still loses his hand. This is horse (laughs) (laughs) And now it's not blue flight. There it goes. All right. Yeah. But that could, enough. I mean, like, that's a really good one, right? Or, yeah, something like that. Or you, you, they could go completely ridiculous. Or they have Deadpool uh, yeah. staying at the Sanctum Sanctorum <laughs> and just going, you know what? This is the worst Airbnb I've ever been in. Like, <laughs> just fun. So he's like, I just went into the closet to grab a towel and I ended up in space. You know, like something ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that could be an easy, funny one for them. That could be good. That could be good. Or have Deadpool, like, standing in the foyer trying to call Dopinder, and he's not there. Like, <laughs> where? What? Why isn't he answering? I just want to leave. Wong? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> that's a good one. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. And, it, it, you know, the, the, the talk has come out now that Deadpool 3 is going to be a Phase 5 movie, which, and, and it's supposed to still be rated R, but... There's nothing saying that you can't pop that character in wherever you want. I mean, even when the movies are scheduled, you see the cameos of these characters way earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And tell me Ryan Reynolds wouldn't be down for that. The cool part about Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds doesn't even have to get in the suit anymore. He oh, could no. just be the voice of the suit now. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I know he's a, actually a really super busy guy in real life. Mm-hmm with all the different types of like maximum effort his company and, and mint mobile and yeah, the business he does he's working with aviation yeah. gin, all that stuff. Right. So, um, I know he's super busy, but he still has time for voiceover. Stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean like the guy still put out movies anyway. I just watched the Hitman's wife's bodyguard Did by the you? way. What'd you think of it? Uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. I got you. Right. But, uh, that movie's great. That's awesome. I laughed at just dumb stuff. It was still it was like it was a fun movie. Like it's not as good as the first one, but it's a lot funnier. Okay. So okay. You know what I'm saying? Antonio Banderas is in it. Oh nice. So yeah. Nice. Puss in Boots himself. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. But yeah, I I think Deadpool could show up. He probably won't. Uh I'm thinking <sighs> trying to make stuff make sense, right? Right. So, like, the type of characters who have fought the type of villains who are now pretty common in the MCU. And one of them that I'm actually really thinking of has got to be the Fantastic Four. 
there, I think you've got to have one Fantastic Four character at minimum show up. I think Mister Fantastic would be probably best if they're gonna if they're gonna show the actual casted character. Mister Fantastic would be the first one that would be good. I think so because think of the Eternals, mm-hmm. right? What type of like that? That's a cosmic level entity, correct? Right? Think of the first Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dormammu is a multiversal cosmic threat. Yes. And I think that's the level of stuff that Strange is on par with. So I think a Galactus is definitely on that level, and you could plant that seed. It's true. Right there at the end of Multiverse of Madness, because the multiverse, of course, is something that we know frighteningly little. Right, yeah. according to Strange himself. Exactly. But they still don't forget the stuff that exists within the universe that is still frightening and existential. That's and, true. And that's Galactus. And that's I, true. I think if you've got Celestials and you've had Thanos and somebody who can wipe out half of the existence in the universe, mm-hmm. it's okay to get a, a world ender and yeah. have it be Galactus. That's true. That's because true. then you end up with Silver Surfer, very easily. Or, I mean, I could see them dropping off, like, Fire Lord or Terax or any of the other heralds that Galactus mm-hmm. has had. Um, I could see them working with Null, the, the god of the symbiotes, right? That's true. Because Sony seems really keen on pushing the Venom property, <laughs> which, again, we've had conversations about that, but yeah. they're going to push it. Because um, it's doing so well. It actually is doing so well. I just don't. Yeah. I don't love the movies, and right. that's you know that's going to happen. You can't be a massive fan of everything. I'll no. watch them, but I'm not going to go out my way to watch them. Um, but I think you get Null. I think you could get uh, man. Who's another like massive character? Because we just got Star. Uh, is it Star Fox at the end of Eternals? Harry Styles, Thanos' oh, brother. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, this is a cosmic level entity that you're gonna see somewhere, and I don't think it's Eternals two. No, although apparently the Eternals will return, but we're not gonna see them for a while. Yeah, but the they're Eternals, not on the slate till what phase five at the earliest. Yeah, the Eternals can return whenever. Yeah, they I mean, take their time. Be, yeah, yeah, they're eons beings. So I mean, when they get to that point, it could be. I mean, shoot, because the you know that could be around the X Men time. Right. At that point, because the X-Men go to space plenty. They you sure know. do. I would love to see them take on the Shi'ar with the I help want, of the Eternals. I want to see the Shi'ar Empire at I, some point. I want to see Gladiator. Yeah. That I, would be awesome. I would, if if you're going to do a ridiculous appearance, I would, and you're going to have to follow me on this, I'd like to see him kind of show the Phoenix. And I don't mean the Phoenix from necessarily... We'll go with Sophie Turner's Phoenix on this because I love Sophie Turner. But follow me on this. All right. If you bring, it's gonna be a long path. I'm a struggle. But I'll no, stay there. If you bring Phoenix in as just a regular character, and don't go through all the Dark Phoenix trying to make a drama out of it bullcrap right away, you could have a really strong, really good character there. Well, I mean, remember in the comics, the Phoenix ate a star. It's true. Which results in the death of a solar system, which landed in the trial of the Phoenix, which is when the X-Men famously clashed with the Shi'ar, right? Yep. Um, That could be cool. But Marvel Studios is really good at this point of taking characters with 
pretty complicated origin stories and backstories mm-hmm. and just dropping them in. Here you are. Perfect example. Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Yep. Here you go. Yep. So introduce Phoenix as Rachel Summers. Oh man, that's good. Yeah. That's, Rachel Summers was Phoenix for years and years and years. That's really good. And that was, she only easy. had a, she only had a piece of that power, like a small piece. It was still big enough. Well, yeah, I mean, a small piece of a sun's enough to freaking <laughs> burn the earth. Let's be real. That's true. But if you take something like that, even if it is just a piece of that power, then if you wanted to develop that story in five years, it's already there. Well, you know, you already have a character that you could spin that right out of. Mm-hmm. Cable still exists in That's Deadpool true. 2. That's true. And Josh Brolin, I believe he's on record saying he wouldn't mind coming back. Well, I mean, I wouldn't either. Well, yeah, I mean, getting paid like that. That kind of cash. <laughs> he likes working out still, too. Yeah. Not quite like Hugh Jackman, who's like, look, man, being Wolverine's cool. But that's a lot. And right. He's not wrong. I mean, Hugh, well, ja- Hugh Jackman Hugh did musical man. theater when they found him to play Wolverine. Which is still crazy. Which is, is just why that just goes to show you, you know, we don't know who they're going to cast for who because it could at, be anyone. At this point, I 100% trust the, the casting team at Marvel. Yes. They do great work. Yes. I mean, really good work. Yeah. So much like Bradley Cooper as Rocket. <laughs> Get out of here. It's so good, though. You know, I was I was listening to the last episode we did and the commentary about Dazzler possibly being in Guardians. Yes. And then... That's legit, by the well, way. Well, Steph and I watched Guardians 1 the other night, a couple nights ago, just because we were looking for something to put on, and TV's a little dry right now. So we, uh, we put that on, and... Uh, listening to bradley cooper as rocket for one thing like i really hope they put dazzler in that and i really hope they just let rocket run wild on that. oh just rip on her just like yeah because they'll walk into a club or whatever she'll be singing and he'll just stare at her yeah that would be fun and then group like i am Groot. shut up shut up look at the lights and sounds coming out of that one like it, it just I don't, I don't know. Like, the more I think about it, the more excited I get. And it's probably not going to happen. So, you know. You know what, though? Even funnier in that scene, she somehow joins the team or wherever she's on the ship. A rocket won't leave her alone. So she puts a <laughs> laser light on the wall and keeps moving with her oh finger. My God. And he just involuntarily chases it. Oh, my God. I'll die. That's that's what they need to do. <laughs> so that's fun. I'll just take a small producer credit if you decide to do that, Marvel. That would don't even wonderful. give me credit. Just put it in, and I'll be like, guys, it was me. Yeah. Here's the timestamp on the podcast. Yeah, we we talked about that. On the podcast. We're good. But, uh, so, yeah. I mean, any of these characters could show up. I want a big one. Doom would be my favorite one because I would like to either meet Mr. Fantastic or Doom first before you meet anyone else. I think I would much rather see Doom first. Yeah. Um, because I still think that Doom and Namor yeah, it kind makes of sense. coexist together. Yeah, it makes sense. And they could show up. At the end of uh, Black Panther 2. Right. Now, is Namor going to be the villain in Black Panther 2, or is that... I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. But if, you, if you're going to cast Namor, he has... That's a person who has to be attractive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that objectively, I'm very secure. Mm-hmm. Like, Namor's got to be a freaking smoke show. Yeah. He's and he's going to be wet the whole time. Man. So, like... Yeah. Essentially, he needs to be Jason Momoa or better. Probably better. Right. Yeah. Somebody who looks like that beardless. So that man exists. Go find him somewhere. Jason Momoa. He was beardless in Dune. Yeah. Well, he was also beardless in that uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. 
Oh, they God. end up fighting with axes. It's crazy. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so that's all fun. That's good. Um, I don't know. Nothing's off the table though for who could show up in the multiverse of madness now. That's true. That's like, true. Everything's fair game. Thank you, No Way Home. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. There's no telling. I love what they did in No Way Home. Honestly, with Multiverse of Madness, I hope they don't. If they're gonna do some weird, wild, off the wall cameos, I hope they don't overdo it. I hope one of them is the animated X Men '97. That would be cool if you showed the animated universe for X Men '97. Um, that that would actually be really awesome because that's slated and has the Mar- Marvel Studios banner. Yes. So. Okay, this is completely off topic, and I'll be really fast, but I saw something on Twitter. Somebody asked, when the Sentinels show up in X-Men, do the Sentinels have a Trask Industries logo or a Stark Industries logo on them? Man, that's good. Yeah. Man, that's really good. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, at first, I'm like, it's got to be Trask, but the more I think about it, I was like, no, that could actually really be something. That could spin right out of Armor Wars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Fun. All right. Okay. We got a lot to think about up until May when that movie comes out. We have a lot to think about there, but we also have a lot to talk about. Uh, the big news this week, of course, was the acquisition of Activision uh, yes. Blizzard by the old Microsoft. So, oh, yeah. Without further ado, let's jump into that. Let's do it. Man, that is huge news that came out. I know we saw it on Monday. Twitter blew up. I even made a meme. Uh, I couldn't help it. Posted it to the Twitter account. Uh, but, of course, Microsoft apparently made a $69 billion deal, which, nice. Yeah. But to acquire Activision Blizzard, that's huge. So, shout out to my buddy John Lane, who uh, on Twitter was the one who tipped me off to this news yesterday morning. Um, it got announced while I was on my way to work. Big shout out, John um, Lane. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, thank you for that, buddy. Um, he does listen to the show. So, uh, oh, he actually is uh, very interactive, even on the Twitters with yes. the Galactic Dad's yes, handle. Absolutely. So, so nothing so, but love, dude. Hello, buddy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Microsoft purchased Activision Blizzard King is the official name of the company because Activision owns Blizzard Entertainment and also owns King Entertainment, which they make this little game that you may or may not have heard of called Candy Crush. Nope. Don't know that one. I know my wife's heard of it. <laughs> but uh, $68.7 billion straight cash, homie. That's that Microsoft this. money, baby. Absolutely. Straight cash. Phil Spencer has officially a new job title, um, which is the CEO of, um, I believe it's Microsoft Gaming, is the leg that he is in charge of now. Um, so this is really interesting. It's going to take about 18 months for the deal to fully go through. It's, it's expected to be by the end of the 2023 fiscal year for Blizzard and Activision, which is the middle of next year. Excuse me. $68.7 billion. Uh, it puts Microsoft in ownership of some of the absolute 
biggest IPs in the gaming industry, uh, one of Absolutely. which being Call of Duty. What's that? That thing we all play? Yeah, Call yeah. of Duty, uh, which, you know, just for reference, I read this somewhere. Um, Call of Duty Vanguard was the number one selling video game across all platforms in 2021. Number two on that list was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which came out in 2020. Wow. So you, you've got the IP wow. with the two top-selling games of last year. Um, also, Warcraft, uh, the IP of Warcraft, which World of Warcraft we're all familiar with, and the old-school computer games, Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Starcraft, Starcraft 2, um, Candy Crush, which, you know, whatever. Diablo, uh, that's another big one. There's a little... Little-known property named Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yep. Uh, in the multiplayer arena, you've got the MOBA, uh, God, what's that called? Um, Heroes of the Storm uh, is a Blizzard property, uh, which you ever play that kind of battle arena game? It's actually kind of fun, I guess. Um, Maybe, Overwatch, that's your thing. you know, I think a oh, few yeah, people Overwatch. have heard of Overwatch. Um, big, big competitive multiplayer uh, action on that one. So, yeah, I mean, we can go on for days. Activision has been big for as long as I can remember. When I worked at video game stores in college, Activision was big. And that was longer ago than I care to admit. And, um, yep. you know, they've only gotten bigger. They, they were the Activision was the publisher that got Destiny off the ground before Bungie went solo. Um, so they had a lot to go there as well. Um, the reactions... Across the internet, I've I've talked to a lot of people. Um, my initial reaction is, "Wow, this is really kind of awesome." Because, you know, then you've got you've got Microsoft backing up one of the arguably one of the biggest publishers, maybe the second biggest behind EA uh, that there is. Um, I've heard a little bit of negative. Um, I've heard some negative. Uh, interestingly enough, every time I have heard anybody talk about this acquisition, very little of it has had to do with the games, the intellectual properties, mm -hmm. what this could possibly mean for platform exclusives, right? things like that. Uh, all I seem to hear are people just saying, good, now purge the C-level at Activision. So it's interesting you say that because... Initially, Microsoft came out and said that Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, was going to stay on. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was negated today. That was negated yeah. this morning that now uh, he is expected to resign by the time the merger is complete. Right. Um, now, I see this in a few different ways. I think, you know, on a high-level overview from a corporate overview, I think this is great for both sides. I... Yeah, I agree. I think it finds a nice, easy PR out for Activision. It's a huge PR out for a, for a company that, with all the stuff they were going against, was probably going to be gone in three years. Correct. And then, you know, I think about that, but it's also now you people look at Microsoft, and it's almost like this, like, guardian angel type a of bit. view. You're like, look, they're going to come in, they're going to sweep out all this negative garbage, and then it'll be back to the games. Now, the thing about that that I think is a dual-edged sword is if you don't deliver on the games after that, right? you have a real problem. Right, right. That is very true. Um, I love the fact that Bobby Kotick's not going to stay there. I don't think he belongs there. Um, I don't... One thing that I've heard a lot of after the announcement was made that he's not going to stay on, a lot of people 
on Twitter and, and around the world were, were complaining because now he gets a buyout and now an he gets to, out, right? He gets to ride off into the sunset and he doesn't get dragged through the mud on his way out the door. I disagree. I think here's what actually happens again as I drop my pin. I think you wait for his exit and then um, civil litigation begins. I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I could see that kind of thing happening. Um, apparently, Activision and Blizzard's workers are still unanimous in the idea of organizing, which yep. if you're talking about a company this big, I am I'm 100% on board with with that kind of thing. If you're going to do a, an organized union or whatever that looks like in the gaming world, please, more power to you. Whatever will help make the environment better for the people who create the product. Right. I'm on board. Yeah, again, I need there to be in this creative space all these people who put in all of this work to make these mm -hmm. games. I need the focus of these games to, again, be back on the end user. Right, right. There is a piece of this that makes me nervous. Go ahead, please. Microsoft made a comment about it, the word metaverse came out. And we don't have enough time in this episode or, frankly, in any episode for me to get on the topic of metaverse and NFTs and all of that in gaming. Um, that's all I'm going to say for now. Um, but that being said, what you know? let's look at some of the positives that we could have. You're looking at a gigantic catalog of games that can now be available on Game Pass. Absolutely. So that's a huge win. If you look at, you know, you think about... Diablo 4 is day one game pass. Um, you know, stuff like that. Now, I was talking to Florida Man yesterday, and his big worry is what happens in a couple years the next Call of Duty is going to be an Xbox exclusive? I think about that. I don't think that's a real fear. Yeah, I I agree with where he's coming from because when, when Microsoft bought Bethesda, they said they weren't going to do that. And then they came out and changed their mind and Starfield, and I think the next Elder Scrolls are going to be Xbox only. However, Call of Duty was the number one selling game and the number two selling game in 2021. That is a pretty constant thing for those IPs. You take that off of one system that is arguably half of your player base. Absolutely. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure the numbers support that you have a larger fan base on the PlayStation 5 console platform right now than you do on the Xbox Series 1, Xbox, whatever that is. Yeah. Like, you have a larger audience there. At the end of the day, money is money. That's how I feel, too. And if you look at it, Sony Entertainment allowed MLB 22, the show, to be on Game Pass. Yeah, absolutely. So there's that olive branch. Not to mention, Sony is their... It's not even rumors, it's facts. Sony is retooling their PlayStation Now service, which is their monthly subscription service, to be more on par and more competitive with, with Game, Game Pass. Pass. Right. So they're going to be looking for titles to go onto that, too. It, it, Game Pass is wildly popular. Yes. And that kind of model... I mean, the value you get there is The value is unprecedented, and it's only going up. Um Sony's looking to take a piece of that pie or take their rightful piece to that pie because you're you're not going to you're not going to tell Sony not to make hardware and you're not going to tell Microsoft not to make hardware because both of them make good systems at this point in time. That's true. Anybody who sits there and says the one is bad is only saying it because they have the other one. 
I mean, yeah, it's I mean, that's really basically it. a brand loyalty yeah. over objectively looking at hardware. Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm not a big fan of having a bunch of console exclusives and stuff like that. Um, a few here and there is fine. Um, I really do hope that with this merger, you do see some olive branches go out where Xbox Game Studios will release you know, some of these Activision titles to, to the PlayStation, maybe to the PlayStation Now platform or whatever. I think it's a, it's a big push for a lot of stuff moving towards PC gaming as well, though. Right. Like I, right. I think that's going to be kind of a big pull from that. And the only thing that I hope for on that is, traditionally speaking, especially when you have larger games drop, you know, you'll have the console versions, you'll have the PC version, mm-hmm. and invariably one of them does not work. Correct. Correct. So it, if anything comes out of that, I hope that is one of the things that somehow gets magically remedied. Well, there are there's at least one studio in this umbrella, High Noon High Moon Studios, mm-hmm. that is extraordinary at developing PC games. Uh, and I know there's more than that. That's just the one that I know for a specific example that now is owned by Microsoft. And you know, I know that. Game Pass Ultimate includes PC games and includes a lot of that as well. So having High Moon Studios in the fold there, High Moon can put their piece on Halo and help make Halo better on the PC. That could be... Exactly. Like I'd like to see all these new resources really put forth the overall enhancement of gaming in general. Use the resources to work together to make the product better. Yep. Again... Focus on the experience of your end user. Yes. That's now, what I want. One of the biggest losers of this this merger is GameStop stock apparently has dropped like over 10% in two days. Well, it was overinflated anyway, but well, that's okay. Of yeah. course it was. But, you know, th- this is just turning into, you know, more stuff available on Game Pass, more stuff on subscription-based services, less demand for physical, for physical copies, copies right. in the store. Um, then there's a lot of questions about, does Sony do something to respond? I don't know if they do. Maybe. I don't know if they have to. I don't know if they have to either, especially because Microsoft didn't approach Activision to do this. It's on record that Activision reached out to Microsoft about a merger. So that being the case, I mean, this isn't a situation where you've got Goliath eating things. It sure looks like it because Microsoft's been doing a lot of buying lately. But you don't necessarily have to have that. Now, Sony's got a lot of relationships with a lot of publishers, Square Enix being one of them. Got a very good relationship with them and some other ones also. Um, You know, Take-Two, I know they've got some stuff with them and things like that. I I don't remember everything specifically. But I think Sony's going to be fine. Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, at this news is going, Sony, you okay? Yeah, I, I mean, think some everybody, people are making jokes, but... Yeah. I mean, we made a joke. Yeah, we did, and I, it was a good one. We did one, but <laughs> um, it really was like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but I don't, like, I really don't think Sony's in danger at this point. Uh, I don't even think Nintendo's even caring about this it, news. It, Nintendo doesn't care what's going on with the other two systems. Nintendo right. is on their own island, and they've got enough it's money called that Japan. they don't have it's beautiful. to. beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. heard. I want to go. Yeah. But, yeah, Nintendo... Nintendo, I don't even consider on the same vein as the other two, and it's not because Nintendo doesn't make good stuff because they no, do. It's just, it's just that different. Yeah, it's just it's different, and they don't they don't give a crap what the other two are doing because they're not going to try to do it themselves. We'll give you another Wii. That's fine. Don't worry yeah, about it. Anyway, no, no. 
Here's the next switch. It's got an old screen. It's okay. got two LAN ports. What? Huh? <laughs> anyway, but no, I think Sony's going to be fine. Sony's got some great exclusives coming out this year that's only going to help. Uh, Sony still sells out their systems as fast as they can make them. You know, they're, I still they're, can't find one. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be an issue here at all for Sony, I don't think. Um, and I do believe that by the time this merger goes through, there are going to be some deals put forth for some of these games to still be available on both systems and be cross-compatible. I just don't see it going any other way. Again, making money is making money. Yeah, money is money. It doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah, I and mean, I don't think any person with any business acumen goes... We need to stop making about half that money. Yeah. Because, you know, gaming fans are very interesting. I think they're unique because they do speak very loudly with their wallets. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. More than anybody else. I mean, they will instantly, if a decision comes out that they do not like something for Call of Duty, EA and Battlefield just go through the roof. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, oh, there yeah. is attrition like you wouldn't believe for over small things. If it's a big thing like this is solely now, you know, an Xbox ex- Xbox PC exclusive for Call of Duty, mm-hmm. well, guess what? You have a whole fan base that's going, well, I guess we're going back to playing Killzone. Right. You know, Medal of Honor revamp, which is right. another EA property, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is a giant opportunity should some of those IPs go Xbox exclusive. I think EA goes. You hear that? Man, that's money, baby. Well, Sony, Sony, if they aren't already, needs to develop a new Killzone game. Yes, they do. Because that would, I mean, that right there, that would, that's a system-selling game. You know, right on the same lines of Horizon that's coming out. Uh, you know, Final Fantasy is a system-selling game even now. Indeed it is. Um, you know. And, that, I mean, but, you know, not to cut you off, but... Oh. You know, we're thinking of, like, all of these, like, kind of older games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony does have the benefit of Spider-Man. Yes. The Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, those are exclusive system-selling games. Well, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy. is a great PS5 game. It's another Square Enix property. Right. Um, they, there are, there. Sony's I mean, got plenty of games. Think of God of War. God of War, yeah. And God of War Ragnarok's coming out. That's I mean, going to be so, crazy. Sony's not scared, no, but they're they probably highly interested. What I really, I mean, if we could cap the segment with what you, you hope for to come out of it, is I hope that it just pushes gaming in general to the next level, just upping the quality and, um, yeah, like healthy competition, even though this is damn near Monopoly. Better games. Is really what it comes down to for me, right? Um, and and you're right. If some of these end up console exclusive to Xbox, that's fine. If you've got a Battlefield product, or Absolutely. you know, and and there's nothing to say. I think you know it's funny because I think when when Microsoft bought Bethesda, Jedi John and I were talking about, well, you know, Sony could just strike a deal with Activision to make Call of Duty a PlayStation exclusive for a year. I remember and, that. So what's and obviously say, Microsoft heard that episode. Yeah, I guess they did. Said, yeah, I guess they did. You're Phil, welcome, everybody. I'll take my finder's fee, Phil. What's yeah. up? One percent of the deal is fine with me. Uh, <laughs> I could spend that nicely. Half a percent, it's fine. It's cool. But anyway, um, so you could easily have EA come out and say, "Hey, you know, we'll let you launch on the PlayStation three months early." 
Absolutely. That's also what I think you will see. You won't see exclusives, but I think you'll see benefits, pluses, um, early I launches. Because they they do that already, right? Oh, yeah. Um, PlayStation 5 players get access to the beta a month early. Like, that kind of stuff already happens. And so I'd be very interested to see if that only grows. Or like Marvel's Avengers. You can play as Spider-Man if you have a PlayStation. Well, it's Sony. If you have an like. Xbox, you can't. Yeah, there, there's always that kind of stuff. And Activision, of any publisher, had an exceptional relationship with Sony. When Activision had its hands on Destiny, Sony got significant exclusives with Destiny for the first year. Um, I missions, mean, strikes, was- gear, stuff like that, that, that regular players, no matter how much you played, could not get it unless you played on the PlayStation. I don't know who Sony hired in that uh, kind of like corporate partnership role, mm-hmm. but they did a good job because you could see the shift towards a lot of games were favoring yes. the Sony PlayStation. Yes. Um, which now that guy's going to have his work cut out for him because he's going to have to work with Xbox Game Studios a little bit. If he's as good as he has been, I don't think it's an issue. It's true. Um, Florida, or she, whatever. I, exactly. I do want to leave this on one last thing that I just think is really funny. Yep. Um, you've got Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Came out on the PlayStation. It was a PlayStation exclusive. And now things have come full circle, and it could very well be an Xbox exclusive. Very true. So very true. It's good for a chuckle, and uh, it all remains to be seen. We've got about a year and a half before this baby's put to bed. It's true. So we've got some time. Um, you know, hopefully it all comes out better for the end user. That's all I care about because that's what I am. Um, you know, but that's it. There we go. We'll see what happens. There we go. All right. Well, very good. That will end out the main segment of the show. We will, of course, go ahead and move on to one of our favorite parts of the show, and that is the Patreon shoutouts. That's a nice beat. I always like it. I love it, especially when we move into the Patreon shoutouts. Yes. Because I just want to be high energy for these guys. And yes. Of course, when we talk about the Patreon shoutouts, uh, that is something you can do. If you want to get more access to the show or support the show, of course, we really appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash galactic dads. Uh, we are working on some stuff there. I keep talking about getting the live stream started. And I thought we were about to get that off the ground tonight. Turns out, no, we're not. But don't worry. You can, okay. see, you can see the YouTube video of this episode exclusively on the Patreon. Yes. And we're going to figure out this live stream thing. It can't be this, you know, this it's crazy. It's not. I just want to do it from the mobile phone. And that's yes. like the caveat. If right. I just want to webcam it, no problem. I might just switch to that. But anyway, if you want to see uh, all of that live access... Or get early access to the show. You can get some super sweet swag, stuff like that. You can go to patreon.com slash galactic dads. Uh, and the different pledge tiers will get you a lot of different stuff. But if you pledge at the producer level, you get mentioned on every single episode. Mm-hmm. And as such, it is time to shout out our producer level friends. And of course, I always like to start with the OG. The, uh, my God. Number one. 
from day one, son, dude came hot out of the gate with the producer level uh, Patreon pledging. Uh, rocks the swag. He's an incredible father. Massive geek in his own right. Loves to cosplay. Takes his kids to the Comic Cons. All sorts of stuff. Great Xbox gamer. He loves Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're talking about the OG. We're talking about Mr. Keith Jefferson. Very much appreciate you, sir. And, yes, uh, thank you, Keith. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to even... See you and talk to you during the day, but we definitely appreciate your support of the show. So thank you very much. Thank you. That brings us to the other Keith of the day, our man TK31788 of the 501st. Um, TK has helped us out a lot in our endeavors over the years with uh, doing this podcast. He's been on the show, uh, has helped us out at QuadCon a few times when we've been there. Um, He's uh, served as our self-appointed Galactic Dads fact checker for a little while. Indeed, he has. Um, yes, he has, with, uh, with, with great honors there. Um, yeah, I've met the guy many times. Great dude. Uh, a lot of fun to hang out with. Good dad. He'll tell you, unashamed, that bricking ain't easy. You no, know it ain't, baby. On Instagram. Uh, he put up a really funny reel. Apparently, he lost one that he was looking for, and he was looking in this box for it, and it took him like 15 minutes of going through all of the other stuff that was in the box. It was all Lego Star Wars, but I got a good laugh out of it. It was pretty entertaining today, so... So, I, I enjoyed the uh, the three Spider-Man pointing at each other image he did with Lego figures. Yes, that was good, too. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. So yep. the Brickin' Ain't Easy account over on Instagram, definitely worth a follow. For sure. Check it out. And thank you very much for your support, Keith, or TK. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. And, of course, that takes us to Azure Laser. This is the man who likes to build Gundams in his spare time, and we appreciate it as he builds support for the podcast uh, as a I mean, he's a huge, huge nerd that that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's oh, something yeah. that we all support, love, and encourage here on the show. Uh, he's a wonderful, great guy. His name is Cole, but it uh, goes by the handle Azure Laser. And if you'd like to do some gaming, you should go hunt down that gamer tag because we really appreciate him and his support. Yes, thank you. And that brings us to our last, but certainly not least. our Never the I- least. No. Never. Our I Love You 3000 level, one might say even the supporter with the most here. Indeed. Mr. Joe Perezident of the Comic Shop Couch Podcast. Indeed. So, Indeed. Yep. Joe himself will tell you uh, he is the bane of Batman as he frequently cosplays <laughs> as the Batman villain. Uh, does so very nicely, too. Hmm. Uh, but he is a dad and a geek, and uh, honestly... Probably one of the best dudes I have personally met at a Comic-Con, enough so to become one of my good friends in life uh, and a wonderful supporter of the show. And as Eric mentioned, if you are into listening to more in-depth comic book-related talk, you can check them out on the Comic Shop Couch podcast, which is a member of the Galactic Dads Media Network. So definitely go check that out. And all of you that we have just uh, mentioned... We appreciate your support, and you have certainly earned this round of applause. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, buddy, can you believe it? It's that time again? Crazy. Crazy, Crazy. baby. Crazy. So listen, as we finish these beers and say cheers, we thank you all for listening. All of today, it's mixed drinks, but that's fine. Close enough. We thank you for listening. Please remember, no matter where you're listening to us at, whatever platform it is, uh, leave us a like, 
you know, there's a rating system over on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere, basically anywhere you listen. Leave, leave a nice little review for us. We really appreciate that. And definitely don't forget to share the show, um, no matter where you listen to us. Of course, check us out again on patreon.com slash galactic dads for bonus episodes, exclusive only to Patreon subscribers, and much, much more. Plus, you can find us on YouTube. If you want to go find us there, hit that subscribe button. You'll help us get to those live streams even faster. And, uh, you know, you uh, can check us out on Public as well. Get your hands on some super sweet merch. So uh, we appreciate all you guys do. Check those out. If you want to reach out to us on the socials, you can find all of our social handles in the show notes. Uh, and don't forget to read all the show notes because we have a cool trailer for you for Moon Knight there as well. Mm-hmm. So listen... Till next episode, we thank you for listening, and we want you to keep on doing the dad thing. Cheers. Cheers.